It's time to renew your mind, yeah, it's time It's hard to focus on what lies in front of you If you're always looking behind Do you want truth? Maybe clarity The raw talent podcast is out here changing lives The day I went from dark to light And it's the same day I came to life And you can too Welcome to the Raw Talent Podcast And here's your host, Dave Talent Welcome back. It is time to get real and raw again as we seek together all things true, all things clear, and all things in freedom. Today we're going to get real and raw and talk about relationships as we discuss getting our house in order, our lives in alignment with truth, and getting a fresh start in our lives. A fresh start every day, every week, and beyond. So as we continue into our discussion around getting a fresh start in our house in order, we're going to use the following frames. Not conforming, but transforming by a renewing of our minds. Don't judge or we shall be judged. Use the FRESH acronym, finances, relationships, environment, spirituality, and health. And the three G's, guard, goals, grow. We're going to start with Romans 12, 2-3. Romans 12, 2-3, New International Version. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Humble service in the body of Christ. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. I would say humble judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In our relationships, especially our work, I would say in our relationships, especially in our work environment, it's always amazing how many people I observe who think they are better than others or judge others from a variety of perspectives especially when they themselves have some flaw or some negative thing that is glaring, glaringly obvious to everyone, yet they're oblivious. And that is just considering the, obliv- the obvious invisible flaws. I would imagine that some of these allegedly superior people or judgmental ones, like super cops or narcissists, have many other flaws in every area of their lives, their finances, relationships, home environment, spirituality, and health. I would simply ask them in a real and raw way, what are they hiding from their spouse or partner? What are they lying about to their partner or spouse? Even though they're so superior and so perfect as they judge other people, I mean, what are they lying about to their partner or spouse? This is a real and raw one. I know this is probably, I don't know, for this podcast, but hey, when is the last time they had sex with their partner or spouse? And what was the quality of that sex in that moment? Was it a chore? Was it simply an act? Or simply ask if there is any or a lot of disconnection in their, in their relationship. Is there a disconnection? Is the relationship disconnected? Are they sleeping in the same bed? Are they operating as passing ships and roommates? When is the last time they went on a date night? When it comes to their other relationships, I would inquire as well, like their children, when is the last time they told their children they were loved and how proud of them they were? When is the last time they told their significant other or their spouse they love them, honor them, and appreciate them? They love, honor, and appreciate them. What does their home life or actual space in their home look like? Not the filtered social media look, the actual space. What does their garage look like? And then the most obvious and visible is the status of their body. What does their body 
actually look like? Do they accept a dad bod while judging others for whatever they want to judge them for? I mean, what does their significant other think of their dad bod? Again, I'm just being real raw about that. I know it's kind of raw, but hey, that's truth. Those are facts. As we dig into the facts of our lives, what are we actually going to see? So as I prepare for a future podcast about holding space and being vulnerable with my sons, I would ask the judgmental ones, the so-called alleged superior ones, have they ever considered how their spouse, partner, or children think of them and how they show up in their lives? When I did this with my now adult sons, it was brutal and eye-opening to see how I showed up in their lives, my son's perspective of how I showed up in their lives during their childhood and their teen years, during their sports journey, during their lacrosse journey. It was, it was real, it was raw, and it was honest. Yet it ultimately brought clarity and truth into our relationship that is now founded in honest, real, raw connection truth and clarity, as opposed to just not seeing the real perspective for what my sons had. And I had to hold space. When I heard the truth, I had to hold space without defensiveness, without justification. I had to hold that space and hear it. And from there, we were able to get to clarity and connection. Ultimately, when I, when I consider how people judge other people, especially in the work environment, that's where I probably see it the most in life, you occasionally see it in family members and things like that. But most of the time you see it with our coworkers or in that environment. Ultimately, it is pretty foul and nauseating to see others talk about other people. It's nauseating to see that and to see other people talk about other people and their flaws when it's obvious that we all have flaws and we all have logs in our eyes. We all have those logs in our eyes. Let's see what God's word says and God's truth says in Matthew 7, 3 to 5. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Here's the bottom line. When we dive into our relationships, friendships, and interpersonal connections in our lives, do not judge others. And do not conform to the world in the world's way of being and thinking. Again, do not judge others and do not conform to the world and the world's way of being and thinking. Even in regards to all the chaos and confusion we are seeing in the world, the focus should be on getting our houses, our own houses in order in every areas of our lives, especially our relationships and spirituality. Getting our own house in order, focusing on our own log, our own house and getting that in order. So our frame today is still zeroed in on not conforming to the world as we discussed in a previous podcast. We are going to continue our deep dive into the real raw truth of not conforming to the world in every areas of our lives, especially our relationships. Secondly, where in our lives, in our finances, relationships, environment, and I add our homes, spirituality and health, using the acronym FRESH, F-R-E-S-H, can we rise above conforming to the world? And can we transform by renewing our minds? Specifically transforming our minds with the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Finally, in each of those areas of our lives of fresh, F-R-E-S-H, where can we apply the three G's to assist in transforming our minds? 
In other words, by guarding ourselves, by setting goals and growing in each area of those of, of fresh, in each area of our lives, where can we guard ourselves, set goals and grow? Guard, goals, grow, and ultimately growth in each area of our lives. In the Marine Corps and on the job, I learned that safety and security are paramount, paramount when doing dangerous and risky things or when going into harm's way. They're not showstoppers. Uh, not meant to be risk adverse. However, they do exist to preserve the force at hand, the lives and resources necessary to carry out the mission, to guard ourselves, our forces, and our resources from threats and unnecessary harm. So guarding our lives, our minds, our finances, our relationships, our environment, our spirituality and health, guarding those areas are key and paramount, and it serves as a starting point. Security first, guarding first. Set the boundaries around our lives and our relationships so they they can thrive and so that no man, no person can pull apart what God has brought together. In addition, if we're not setting goals or growing, we are stagnating. We are fading away, becoming complacent, and ultimately dying. So it is critical to consistently and continuously guard, establish boundaries, set goals, and grow, especially in relationships. I remember one time in the Marine Corps, I was training. We were doing some training, and I happened to find myself in the woods by a stream or a creek. And for some reason, I kind of drifted off in thought, and I'm looking at this stream or creek, and I can see two parts of it. I can see a very stagnant, nasty, film-covered part of it where the the water was film-covered. It was algae or whatever it was. It was stagnant. It was standing still. And then there was the vibrant flowing water over the the rapids, over the rocks, and that looked crystal clear. And then I thought to myself, if necessary, if I needed water and I didn't have water on me and I needed to drink from this natural source, where would I drink from? And it was obvious, right? I'm not going to drink from the stagnant, filthy, nasty looking part. I'm going to drink from the vibrant, flowing, crystal clear part of the water. So, like vibrant, flowing, fresh water, we want to grow and flow in life in every area of our lives, especially our relationships. When I jumped into the world of social media, there is so much on the topic of relationships. For example, what to do when your spouse is pulling away or we are, we are feeling like roommates or disconnected. What to do when folks are facing the failure of their marriage or a pending divorce. Some say to stay and work it out. Some say bounce and go. Some say something in the middle when it comes to marriage or relationships. Some say, th- some say to seek therapy and counseling, while others say, hey, therapy and counseling are often ineffective and not the place to go. I'm a huge advocate of all of it. You know, seek whatever you need to do to work on a relationship, right? Seek whatever works, uh, especially coaching and personal development that empowers truth and growth in all areas. So I've, I've zeroed in on coaching and personal development that helps uh, me to grow in my areas of life, especially relationships. In the programs that I follow, they zero that truth, goal setting, and action into four areas of our lives. I've also learned that we can organize our lives into other key areas by reading books by Steve Covey and, for example, his seven habits of of highly effective people. Early in my journey, personal development journey, 23 years or, or so ago, I organized my life into these five pillars, fresh, F-R-E-S-H, finances, relationships, environment, spirituality, and health. In the relationship pillar, 
there is so much to choose from in regards to the topic relationships. Let's consider this for a moment. I Googled the word relationships and it showed 10 billion results, 10 billion with a capital B. Then I searched relationship success, 1.2 billion results in 0.36 seconds, in a third of a second, a billion results. For relationship pitfalls, 106 million results. Relationship mistakes, 261 million. Family relationships, 8.59 billion results. Intimate relationships, 258 million. Dating relationships, 680 million results. So there's definitely no lack of information on the internet on how to succeed or fail at relationships of all kinds, intimate ones, family, and beyond. Other social media influencers or coaches suggest dating tips and techniques, communication tips, the art of seduction, how to text and how to not text, etc. What to do and what to not what not to do on dates and relationships and beyond. The list of what is available to assist us in relationships is infinite and unlimited. And while I love to study anything and everything that improves my life and understanding in every area of my life, especially in my finances, relationships, environment, spirituality, and health, I also know that having a focus and a frame are extremely important to achieve success and growth for our goals, desires, actions, and ultimately results. In the lane of relationships, I love learning or deepening my understanding of secure and successful relationships from other coaches and authors. Some of my favorites are the following. Any of Byron Katie's work, which he calls, ironically, the work, ultimately doing inquiry into the truth of our thoughts. This is also discussed in her book, Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. In essence, we dive into our thoughts and ask deeply, is it true? Is that thought I have true? Is it absolutely true? There is more to the process and, and the work. So I would encourage everyone to check her work out on YouTube and watch her take someone through the process, through a worksheet and the work. Some of her clients' topics may actually resonate with you and what you're dealing with. Alcohol usage or issues with oneself or a family member, failed relationships, betrayal, relationships in general, family relationships, etc. Her worksheet is on her website. Uh, just search Byron Katie and the work. Second, learning about attachment style, styles has been, you know, like avoidant, attached, insecure, disorganized. Learning about attachment styles has been instrumental in, in, in healing, uh, I'm sorry, like uh, avoidant, anxious, um, all those styles have been instrumental in my healing and growth as I've picked up nuggets from profiles like The Secure Relationship on Instagram by Julie Manano. Her webpage is www.thesecurerelationship.com. Brene Brown's books and her research and teachings on vulnerability have also been a, a game changer for me as I zeroed in on real, raw integrity, vulnerability, and truth in all areas of my life, in all areas of, of my relationships. You can see her TED Talk on YouTube, and she has many books out there uh, as well, like Daring Greatly, where she attributes the title Daring Greatly to Theodore Roosevelt's poem, The Man in the Arena. That's one of my favorite excerpts from a, a speech. Finally, the Fredericks and their discussions and resources on marriage, Ryan and Selena Frederick. You can find them on YouTube and social media, Facebook, for example. Just search Fierce Marriage, and they have a ton of books and devotionals that put Christ at the center of relationships. Their focus is Christ-centered. It's focused on Christ-centered relationships where both parties are fully known and fully loved.
For example, their one book is called See Through Marriage, Experiencing the Freedom and Joy of Being Fully Known and Fully Loved. That said, for today's episode, I have built this frame to consolidate any relationship information and how I advocate we approach all relationships, even the beginning ones or while dating. I know there are many tips, techniques, and tactics, hacks. However, I would challenge them all with these following elements. Are the techniques, tricks, tips, hacks, etc., are they honest and based in integrity? Or are they simply forms of manipulating another person so that one can selfishly get their own lust or desires fulfilled? I would challenge all the the tips and the hacks, all of them with the following foundational principles of successful relationships. Be honest, be you, and I would say fully you, and love others the way Christ and love us, knowing that we are perfectly imperfect. So these would be the key foundational principles for relationship, regardless of the information we bring in. The first place in, in relationship, in any relationship, is be honest. Secondly, be you, be fully you. And finally, love others the way Christ and God loves us. During training in my life, in my own research on the internet, the concept of wabi-sabi has come across my radar and has been incorporated in the frame of my relationships now. Wikipedia discusses wabi-sabi as imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. In traditional Japanese aesthetics, wabi-sabi is a worldview centered on the acceptance of the transient and imperfection. The aesthetic is sometimes described as one of appreciating beauty that is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete in nature. For example, it is also brought out in the art form of kintsugi, where broken pottery is fused back together with gold. Kintsugi is called the golden joinery or the golden repair. And it's a Japanese art form of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer dusted and mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. As a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of the object rather than something to disguise. Wabi-sabi, uh, for me, this brought this, it brought this uh, personal re- re- revelation out for me in regards to truth and integrity. So as I was reflecting on wabi-sabi, this personal revelation came to me in regards to truth and integrity, particularly in combination with the broken places in our lives. This is what showed up for me. Truth and integrity are gold in the broken places. Truth is often hard to face, hear and see, but vulnerability, integrity, and truth are the gold in the broken places. As with the art of kintsugi, where gold is used to fuse broken pottery back together, We are perfectly imperfect. So ultimately for me, truth, integrity, and vulnerability are the gold in broken places that fuse us back together into a new version of ourselves. So in relationships, we are ultimately beautiful imperfections. In every space that we exist and in every relationship, we are beautiful imperfections. This is also true for everyone else in our circle and those we encounter on a daily basis. Now, with the exception of those that may actually be evil, narcissists, or abusers, with the exception of those, those in our circle or those we encounter on a daily basis are perfectly imperfect. That said, how many relationships fail because they do not see the imperfections in themselves, 
Because people are not honest. They do not show up in integrity as fully themselves. They hide. They lie. They pretend. They become complacent. They become lazy. They people please or wear masks or they may have to walk on eggshells or ultimately do not put God and Christ's versions of love, unconditional love, at the center of the relationship. I think that's a key one, that how many relationships fail because ultimately they do not put God and Christ's version of love at the center. They don't put unconditional love at the center of the relationship or any concept of true love at the center of relationship. I can reflect on my own previous 27 years of marriage and that failure and that ended in divorce and know that, yeah, I didn't show up and I didn't show up with Christ at the center and I didn't show up uh, in integrity at times. I also know now that the beautiful relationship I am now blessed with is, is showing up in integrity and truth. And I know that the beautiful relationship I am now blessed with is centered in Christ and in that form of love. So I can also study and reflect, I can also study and reflect on the beautiful relationships I have with my children, especially since all my relationships are beautiful imperfections. In my life and relationships, because of God and Jesus Christ, there is much gold, perfectly placed gold in the broken places. I'm grateful that God has applied gold in the broken places. And the gold, for me, equals abundant growth and healing. And like in the previous podcast, where I know I'm being spared, restored, and blessed by God, I know that God has done that by getting into those broken places. I'm spared, or I'm being spared, restored, and blessed by God. And he's using the gold of integrity and truth and being fully me and through my relationships with other people, he's healing that with his own gold in life. By starting any great endeavor in my life, I'm sorry, before starting any great endeavor in my life, I seek God first in prayer. Just as Jesus taught us to approach God in the Lord's prayer, right? Before starting any great endeavor, I, I approach God. I seek God first. I praise God, give God thanks, and ask God to reveal his will and purposes before any great decision or action. This applies to my day-to-day decisions, endeavors, and living. The same thing applies to all my relationships or before I even met my partner in the relationship I am in now. I sought God first. I asked and prayed to God that this woman would have many specific qualities that I desired. In addition, I knew that I had, I had to be those qualities as well. The qualities I was asking God for, I knew that I had to be those qualities first. For example, honesty. I had to be honest first. I had to be in integrity first. Interestingly, I, at the center of those qualities, I asked God for her to be seeking her faith. At the center of those qualities was seeking her faith. I clearly had written those words out in my declaration. Seeking our faith in Christ. And as the law directs, the law of the seed in Galatians 6, 7-9, or Matthew 7, 7, or Mark eleven twenty four, she showed up approximately a month later after putting that prayer into the universe. And she was actively, I, and this is the key, she was actively seeking her faith, as I learned in one of our conversations early on. So in Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask, seek, knock, right? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find knock and the door will be open to you. And I believe this applies to relationships or the relationships you desire. If they don't exist now, the relationships or the person you desire. 
Mark 11.24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So when it comes to relationships, getting clear on what you desire and and what you want to live with are extremely important. Getting clear on what you desire, what you want. While seeking Christ for both of us was a priority, honesty, loyalty, and being empowering and encouraging, trustworthy and beyond were also key and reveal why I have zeroed in on those principles as well for successful, flourishing relationships. So the bottom line for why I've built the the following things into successful, flourishing relationships. The first thing is be honest. Be me, fully me, and love others the way Christ and God loves us, knowing we are perfectly imperfect. Be honest. I choose to show up fully me, and to love others the way Christ and God love us, knowing that we're perfectly imperfect. When it comes to being honest, it's 100% honest. Being honest is a habit, and it's a foundational character trait. Just remember that in relationships, little lies are still lies. Hiding is lying. Lies of omission where we leave something out, we don't tell the whole truth, we're not telling the whole truth, are still lies. I'm always amazed when I hear a parent tell their kids, even on comedy shows and things like that on TV or whatever, don't tell your mom and dad. Like, don't tell your mom and dad. If anyone says to the children, don't tell mom or don't tell dad, that's a lie. Therefore, that parent is a liar and is teaching their children to lie, regardless of the reason or justification. While I realize that lying for one's safety or when in harm's way, especially for a child, may be reasonable, a reasonable tactic to survive and prevail, Lying and hiding in life in general and in relationships normally doesn't end well. When I consider if this is true, I balance it with God's word. For example, Galatians 6, 7 to 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Luke 6.38, the standard uh, English Standard Diversion, uh, Version. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the, me- with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. As, and in Matthew 13.23, English Standard Version, as for what was... Sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. Again, good soil, good seed, bearing hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Matthew 13.8 Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So in, accordance with, so in accordance with the law of the seed, our thoughts, deeds, actions come back to us tenfold, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, or a hundredfold, or beyond. Our lies, little or big, come back to us. Our lies come back to us, some tenfold, some a hundredfold, and beyond. The challenge is that we don't know when they will return to us. We don't know when the lies will return to us. We don't know when the boomerang is returning to us. Okay. It's ironic, but many are surprised that they are portrayed or lied to in abundance in a later moment when they forget that they lived in dishonesty prior to that moment. 
for those who are actively involved, actively involved in affairs now, living in lies and dishonesty or hiding for months or years, the word is clear. Do not be surprised when the consequences, the hiding for months and years, the lies return with momentum, with a vengeance, and with a tenfold to a hundredfold impact. The good news is we can transform by renewing our minds in honesty, in truth, and in God's word. The good news is we can turn away and repent from ways that are not aligned in truth, or especially with God's truth. The good news is that one can make a choice right now to pivot, to end the lie, end all the lies, and repent, to turn away and seek grace and forgiveness in God and Jesus Christ, and begin to transform by renewing one's mind in truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We can choose the narrow path and choose to be born again in a new creation in Christ. Matthew 7, 13 to 14, the narrow and wide gates. God's word says, hey, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So we can choose to transform our minds by repenting, transform our minds by turning our minds to God in Christ, living in Christ in the Spirit, and therefore the old will go away and the new will come and we shall be new creations in Christ. So every day in every way, we can choose to be a new creation. We can choose to be honest. The good news is that our honesty, our love, our service, our deeds, actions, and positive thoughts they do the same according to the law of the seed, the law of cause and effect, right? They, they return to us tenfold, a hundredfold, and beyond. Our honest, loving, serving deeds and actions and positive thoughts, they multiply. All of these things are multiply. Our honesty multiplies. Our truth multiplies. Our right thinking multiplies. Our love-centered service and actions multiply. Honesty and truth multiply into prosperity and abundance in every area of our lives. Honesty and truth multiply into prosperity and abundance in every area of our lives. So we start with be honest, right? Be honest, be you, be fully you, and love others the way Christ and God love us, knowing that we are perfectly imperfect. When it comes to being you, be fully you. Be fully you. If you have to hide a part of you to avoid possible rejection from a potential partner or a dating situation, for example, in a dating process, then they're probably not the person for you. Find the person where you can be fully you around them. All your joys, desires, needs, must, and wants. Be fully you. Where you can be as calm or as goofy as you need or want. Where you can express all your desires, all your insecurities, all your positivity, all your anxiety, and not feel judged. Where you can be all of you in all of your beautiful imperfections. You can be perfectly imperfect. Find the person that loves all of your perfections and beautiful imperfections and do the same for them as God does for us. This leads into the final side of our frame. Love others the way Christ and God love us knowing that we're perfectly imperfect. 
This kind of love is a high standard and is one that we can live into every day. Many, use, many people use 1 Corinthians 13 in their wedding ceremonies. However, I, I wonder how many couples fully understand what it means to live up to that uh, standard of love, love, uh, love standard in that scripture. God's way of love in their day, in their day-to-day life, especially using that scripture. It says, love is kind and patient. Yet, can we really say that we're always loving and kind to our children, our partners, or spouses, our friends and family? While, while the standard is high, it is achievable in every, every day of our lives if we choose to live and take action in truth consistently. Let's see what God's Word says about the standard of love in 1 Corinthians 13 and the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Without love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, kind of reminds me of those people that are judgmental, right? That they're boasting and they're judging. Uh, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no wrong of no record of wrongs. Love does, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I love that one. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophecy in part, but when completeness comes, what in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So even in love, I love how they part, I, I'm, I shall fully know, I shall be fully known. And in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Those ironically are some of the things in my relationship now that we have zeroed in on. Peace, love, respect, happiness. Trust, these are things we're zeroing in on, and that's, you know, in essence, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's dig deeper into Galatians 5, 16 to 23, to see how we should show up in honesty and in life in the Spirit. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify your desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. And it goes on, we'll continue, right? I warn you as before, that those, things, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. 
As we bring this conversation to a close today, let's ask ourselves a few questions. Where can we guard, set goals, and grow in our relationships? Especially our partners in life and our spouses. Where can we guard our minds from thinking not aligned in truth in regards to our relationships? Where can we guard our minds? Where can we guard the relationship? Where can we set boundaries so that they're aligned with truth, especially for our relationships? Where can we guard our minds from fear, worry, or anxiety in terms of our relationships and build trust, emotional and physical intimacy, emotional and spiritual safety in the relationship? Where can we set goals for our relationship? Who do we want to grow into? The best versions of ourselves, the best version of us. Where do we want to grow into? So how do we guard, set goals, and grow in our relationship? How can we guard, set goals, grow in a relationship and with the spirit of truth, integrity, and love, especially to be the best version of ourselves or to fulfill the potential and purpose that God is calling us to be, especially in the service of others or to serve God's creation. Now, all of this will continue to be the frame for the series of following podcasts as we dive into guarding, setting goals, and growing in every area of our lives, our finances, relationships, environment, spirituality, and health. This will be the frame we use to get our house in order in every area of our lives. As always, my wish for you is peace and blessings, especially in your relationships, every one of your relationships, especially the one with your spouse or your partner and your children, your friends, your family, your coworkers. As always, my wish for you is peace and blessings and peace, happiness, truth, trust, love, and respect. Until the next time we're together, keep rising and rise again. Continue to rise as we transform through a new of our minds. Continue to seek all things true and all things free. Continue to seek that clarity in every area of our life. Remember to find the good, find the peace, find the blessings in your life, and all the things that we're grateful for. Most importantly, all glory be to God and the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ. Amen.